Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around, a watch she can wear every day from Movement. Whether your mom is into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, Movement has something she'll love. And right now, everything at Movement is up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale. A watch is a gift that celebrates all the time you spent with mom. And a Movement watch is even more than that. Movement uses industry-leading materials for their fresh modern watch designs, from technically complex ceramics to vintage-inspired style, all for an incredible value your wrist and wallet will both love. And with one-size-fits-all convenience and fast-free shipping and returns, it's a stress-free shopping experience. Save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with Movement. Get up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com. Salutations, everybody. It is Maddie here today with episode 113 of the Ham Radio Podcast. And it's me, Carrick, with ACG. And we have a special yeah. guest joining us. Yeah. Oh, there we go. Yeah, I knew I we were going to fuck up. it up. <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. Feel free to pimp your shit. Uh, well, I'm I'm Lukey Poo. I have a channel on YouTube, youtube.com slash Lukey Poo. I'm actually going to have Maddie on my channel, but he will have already been on my channel by the time you see this. So mm-hmm. go over to the channel, see Talk Gaming. It's fun. Yeah, it's going to be a good time. Looking forward yeah. to it. So as always, if you guys want to catch us on the go, we have our links to our mobile stuff in the description, along with all Luke's channel, Twitter. So be sure to follow him, subscribe to him, check out the, uh, the Talk Gaming thing. I'll have that link there because, like I said, this will be or like he said, rather, this will be going up uh, <laughs> after the talk gaming. So yeah, looking forward to that. Um, the Patreon's down below as well as you want to support and potentially become a guest. And now, let's roll into our first topic. It's the weakest Steam sales. People are spending lots of money. I was in my Discord personally, and uh, people were saying they dropped $200 this sale and so on. Was there any sales that really caught your eye this time around? Go ahead. Luke. Oh, I, I, well, as always, this is a very bad week for my wallet. Um, <laughs> the the one thing I, I was just looking at, I think the, the game that I've saved the most money on was Nier Automata mm-hmm. or Nier Automata, yeah, I, whatever it is. Um, 30% off. So it's, mm-hmm. it's like $42 right now, which is very, very good for what you're getting there. Yeah. Um, I haven't finished it, of course, but everyone says it's incredible, and I'm enjoying what I've got so far. I got um, Hollow Knight, which it's not as big of a discount, but that's an incredible game if you haven't had it. I highly recommend that one as well. Um, Bully is also a great one. Yeah, that one's... uh, I I forget what the exact discount is, but that's a good portion off. The Witcher 3, which is a game I obsess over on my channel a lot, Mm -hmm. that's 50% off, 25 bucks, and you get (laughs) all the DLC. Oh, oh my. Yeah, no reason not to. Yeah, Um, wow, I didn't know that. But those are the big ones I would recommend, yeah. Anything catch your eye, Carrick? No, I actually don't follow Steam sales at all, and nobody that I know who's a patron does, yeah, at all. We Actually, I steer away from them. So, um, is it because I, people you, you got like patrons who think like Steam's that monopoly and all that stuff? Uh, no, I I couldn't honestly tell you why. I, oh, it's okay. funny because I, mean, I, I didn't know if there's yeah, an underlying reason. No, no. Matter of fact, I was trying to think of a reason that I can remember, but for me personally, it's because I don't have the money um, to even buy something on because I'm reviewing, so I'm buying those. So um, I don't. And then the I think maybe just the patrons that I 
get don't gravitate towards that kind of thing. Okay. Um, and if they do, they talk uh, probably in the Discord when I'm not in there. But uh, I know that there's amazing deals. Oh, yeah. But um, I, I, there was also a bunch of weirdness that happened with this one in particular. Like, did you guys see, I, I guess, 300,000 refund requests within 12 hours on Steam? Like, it overloaded. Yeah, it overlo- and it was like 300,000, then 279,000 the next day, and then, which is probably expected, but I think the refunds thing is going to have to change a little bit, talking to developers who are like, dude, we can't guarantee, I mean, we have no clue when somebody's going to ask for a refund. It, it, it's sort of weird for developers they're, they're right now. They're kind of breaking the, um, uh, the refund system. We've seen that before. Yeah, yeah, and, and no, uh, I have no problem with the refund system. I'm just saying it's it was noticeable enough that multiple websites commented on how many people had requested right afterwards. Well, I think the issue is that a lot of people, like it was initially meant to be kind of padding and to make sure that if you bought a game that was absolute rubbish or was a scam and didn't have what it advertised, then you could be protected from that within two hours. But nowadays, at least a good portion of people I know are using it as basically a demo. So they download the game, play it for an hour and a half. It's not... like totally their thing and so they immediately refund it and in the era of steam sales people are doing it i'm sure much more because oh, yeah. why not you know yeah because you can get like five games for 13 or 15 bucks yeah right yeah i mean i was i was looking at the steam sale um one thing that i've seen recommended a lot was uh mountain blade warband that's a game i've personally mm-hmm. never played but i've heard it's fantastic amazing. yeah <laughs> it had like forty thousand reviews overwhelmingly positive i think it was like that's one i got to get around to but i think that was dirt cheap i want to say either it was two or eight bucks i can't personally remember uh i made a whole video recommending a bunch of games but i went back in there i saw hollow knight is that what it was called yep that mm-hmm. looked interesting i was considering picking so that good yeah Very just my thing with steam sales is because i made a mistake during the first steam sale and in the second steam sale actually that i personally experienced and, and piled up on games and eventually never played most of them. Yeah. And I just, I hate that feeling. When I play a game when, or when I buy a game, I like to beat it. That's just how I am now. And so uh, Steam sales, I will buy like one, two games. Uh, the one game I did buy this Steam sale so far is uh, Black Desert Online. It looks really good. And um, I wanted to try a new MMO out. <laughs> um, not that I play ESL a lot, but I'm starting to get a little burnt out on the uh, experience it brings. And uh, I thought Morrowind would be a little more rejuvenating, but it turned out to be the opposite. It kind of sucked some of the life out of me with that game. Uh, So I wanted to try something new, and I was watching a couple of reviews on it. I mean, the character customization looks insane in that game. I don't know if you guys have ever checked it out. Um, It's got like a whole combo system. It looks really different from other MMOs, and a a couple of friends picked it up. It was only 7 bucks, and I don't think there was a monthly subscription. At least I hope not. And so, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to trying that one out. Other than that... What else stuck out to me? Spec up the line. That was dirt cheap as well. Basically, any game from like 2014 and below was like five bucks. Um, <laughs> Transistor was one. That was two dollars. And I, I feel like if you haven't played that game, oh my god, yeah, do yourself a favor. That that was. I love Super Giant games. I can't wait for Pyre. I think that's next month from them, and uh, they make just excellent games. They do. But yeah, that's a. Uh, about all I can personally suggest from the Steam sale. Um, any last suggestions? Nope. nope. <laughs> nada. All right. All good. Nah, nada. All right. That's fine. That piece. Yeah, it's, it's supposed to be a quick segment anyway. So um, moving on to something a little more uh, with substance. Let's talk about that SNES classic 
They did an NES Classic <laughs> last year. Now we got the Super Nintendo. What are our thoughts on this? I see the eyes bulging at a character's head. Yeah. Is I it... fucking hate it. Oh. <laughs> I hate everything about Nintendo's nostalgia bullshit. Mm. Uh, closed off system for a certain amount of money with shit ass, you know, one inch controller wires. No power plug. It's a fucking ripoff. <laughs> and I, I hate almost everything that Nintendo's doing. You know what? Make me want the Switch. Put that shit on the Switch. Make me have the current systems and be happy about those. Don't fucking sell me a box that is closed off. And it, it, they're going to do the GameCube Classic. They're going to do the N64 Classic. And I'm so fucking tired of Nintendo right now. Mm. Because they have systems that are out. 3DS and fucking Switch. Guess what? Support them with your old IPs. And the, that, I fucking hate everything about both of those systems. I just, and I don't like, it has nothing to do with Nintendo. If Sega did it, I would rally against that. Sega needs to put their shit on Steam and, and allow people to buy it on Steam. If TurboGrafx-16, NEC, came by and said, we're going to do Bonk's Adventure and 15 other games on a NEC Classic, I would be pissed about that. I don't like the sale of, of nostalgia um, to gamers. I don't like it. It's easy just, to buy into. It right. is, and it, yeah. I find it to be ultimately a little bit, uh, a little bit of a ripoff for people. I, I mean, who wants to turn on their fucking TV and walk over to their nine-game classic consoles <laughs> and go, <laughs> which one's on? Fuck you, which one's on? The one that matters, the Switch. Put your shit on the Switch. So $80 available September 29th this year. Um, yeah. That's a little bit. Wasn't it sixty dollars for than the I thought. NES? Yeah, I was gonna say that's a little higher than I thought. I thought it was gonna be sixty bucks. Um, it has two controllers, though. That mm -hmm. that is a good Which point. Apparently, is a selling point. Yeah, my thing is, what about? Uh, we'll take for example people like myself there's a couple games on there that i haven't played um they, it's coming out with star fox 2 which was never ever released i think yeah, that was a no one's game. played <laughs> yeah. um that's interesting because you know that's like a selling point you don't know if it's going to be good or bad but uh, i haven't played final fantasy 3 in years although i'm really looking forward to that uh, secret of mana um earthbound i've never played i've heard really good things so um what do you think both of you i'm curious about like people such as myself you see a, a good handful of games that are <clears throat> Highly spoken of, um, would you be in support of the system more if there were a lot of gamers like me? Yeah? Go ahead, Luke. I, I don't know. Just the... I, I kind of agree. I don't understand the, just the entire idea behind selling nostalgia as its own dedicated tiny box. I get it. It's cute. It's something you can put in a stocking or something, and maybe right. that's interesting or fun. An $80 stocking, man. <laughs> right. Yeah, Who's say, getting I it? I like candy in mine and shit. That's yeah. Like... <laughs> no shit. You got... Who, where, Luke, is your family aristocratic or something? Where's your $80 <laughs> fucking stocking, brother? I knew, I knew a girl in high school who did not believe me when I said that some people live off of... I, we were talking about something in, in uh, our senior thesis debate thing, and I said, some people have to live off of twenty, thirty, forty, fifty thousand dollars $50,000 a year. She's like, you can't. Oh. Like, you can't live off oh. of fifty grand a year. Like, oh. And argued for probably a good half hour because she didn't think somebody could live off of that. That's how spoiled she was. But um, no, I don't, I don't get $80 stocking stuffers. But I don't <laughs> understand it, uh, especially because it is holding the Switch back. The, uh, as you said, this is the entire reason we haven't gotten any of those games 
on the Switch. There's no reason that at launch they couldn't have just put on all of these games, all these legacy titles, you know, an entire collection of Zelda from all the past consoles. They could all be on the Switch, charge 80 bucks for it instead of this thing. I I would be like, okay, I can try these out now. But the idea that I need to go and race to the store to get an $80 little gimmick, you know, Nintendo's the company of gimmicks, whether you're talking about the Wii or the Switch, that's all they... That's all they do. It's it, it it troubles me. <laughs> it yeah. troubles me. Yeah, that's and that's the thing. Is, do you think this was the cause of such a big delay for the virtual console? Because that's that was my first thought. I was like, is this why we were waiting for it? And then no. they they announced the SNES Classic. It's you, like the timing's oh, yeah. too good. You're not getting the uh, the the uh, virtual console for I'd say probably mid 2018, maybe at E3 next year they'll show it off. But like Carrick said, they're going to be coming out with every console that they've ever put, like done before. They're going to be re-releasing it. They'll come out with like a mini GameCube that <laughs> virtual, looks like the Ouya. Virtual Boy Console Classic, man. If yeah. that happens, <laughs> oh man. <laughs> it's going to be insane. But apparently, I, I forget what uh, journalist it was. It might have been Schreier, uh, but he said that the person that was saying that, you know, the SNES Classic was going to be coming... Uh, was the same leaker that told him that they were working on GameCube ports directly for the Switch, um, probably also in 2018 as well. But who knows? But the uh, point being, this should have been there at launch. This should have been there at E3. The fact that they have like maybe two games that they're showing off for the Switch for an entire year is a little frustrating. Um, and I, I think this only aggravates people more, yeah, me see. included. My thing is, if they are, I wouldn't say I'm willing to give them a pass, per se, but I am willing to look over it a little bit more if they do support the Switch with those GameCube games. I think that would be cool, because the GameCube Classic, I don't think it's been long enough to deem that as a classic, so to say. I mean, it's been a little bit over a decade, I'd say, but it's not like the NES and the SNES, which are like kind of the birth of console gaming. Legends. You know, yeah. leg- exactly. Legendary stuff. Um, you know, the rise of Nintendo where companies were coming in and competing, but they were just putting them out. So that's why I, I don't scoff too much at the classic. I also know it's, it's an easy way to make money. It's so easy. You know, we can sit here and bitch all we want. Uh, tons of people are going to buy it because it's a, it's a collector's item. Some people oh, are yeah. going to buy it just to put on their shelf and say they have it. Um, which sucks because uh, that doesn't do much for the industry. I considered buying it, then I just saw that $80 price tag. A little bit higher than I thought. I was like, okay, I'm not spending 80 bucks on 20 dusty old games. <laughs> I would have, have trouble spending well. 15 Like, mm, True, true, true. I, I, but I, again, I'm not exactly the target customer, so... Like, I know some people are super pumped about it and cannot wait and are checking, refreshing Best Buy or wherever it's sold, Amazon, every five minutes trying to see if one comes into stock. I I have no desire like that. So I, I guess I'm missing something or maybe I just don't have that nostalgia that would sell it. But to me, it's just annoying because like for especially people that aren't in Europe and Japan – Nintendo's never been a great company in terms of how they treat their North American customers. I was talking to a guy that worked at uh, GameStop, and 
all of the switch shortages, all of the Joy-Con shortages, all of the Pro Controller shortages everywhere. I had to look around for my Switch for probably a good four weeks, constantly calling people trying to find one so I could talk about the games. He said that those never those shortages shortage blah, shortages don't really happen in Japan or certain parts of Europe for whatever reason their biggest market being North America they don't see it as their biggest market and I understand they're a Japanese company and they can show preference but so much of what Nintendo does I, I have to think maybe it's like a cultural difference with the copyright stuff or maybe I'm missing something but so much of what they do is a little baffling and I, I, yeah, they're frustrating. <laughs> yeah. Were there any games from the classic that uh, you thought were missing? Cause mine was act razor. I didn't see that there and, and turtles in time as well. And I was kind of like chrono trigger. Um, yes. Chrono trigger. That was the one those that are, I thought was strangely absent. Yeah. Uh, and um, I'd imagine um, just kind of off of what you were saying, it would have to deal with maybe licensing something along those lines. Cause those are mm -hmm. three definitive titles. I think, the Ninja Turtle one, that's my own preference, so we can just toss that out of the mix. But, like, Chrono Trigger, ActRaiser, um, those are games with huge followings. ActRaiser was a real defining RPG uh, that shines some light on what they can really do for gaming. And so I, I was shocked to see those weren't there, and that kind of uh, put a little distaste in my mouth. Uh, I'm looking forward to it, personally. I, I definitely want to see a price dip, especially when you look at, like... I think it was on the 360. I'm not sure if it was on the PS3 as well, but they had that Sega Genesis collection... And you bought it, it was like, I think, 30, 40 bucks tops. And it came with a ton of Sega Genesis games. Um, you know, like, something priced like that, that's fair. You know, I don't think that's too ridiculous. Um, yeah, it's selling nostalgia, but, you know, when you're just kind of porting games to a tiny little console, I don't think that justifies 80 bucks, personally. Just I'd agree. And I, did they update the, uh, like, the input? Do you still have to use, like, the... It's red... HDMI now, oh, it's yeah. it's HDMI. All right, that makes a little bit of a difference. Because if it was, like, the, the yellow, <laughs> yeah, the red, white... I was going to say, I don't even think my TV... I don't want to sound privileged, but I don't think my TV supports that. <laughs> so it's, like, you know, it, everything's HDMI now. So I don't even know if the, the SNES Classic would have worked on there. Um, any Any closing thoughts on that one, though? It's it's not for me, Uh I'm sure it like it's already sold out where it's gone on sale. Uh, I I can't remember which area it's gone on sale, but expect lots of artificial scarcity. Lots of it's free say. publicity for Nintendo to get people hyped about the Virtual Console, which will eventually come to the Switch. I I disagree with it. I think it's stupid, but some yeah. people will love it. You gotta wonder if it's a sh you know sold out because of intentional shortage or if people really like it. <laughs> no, you don't. No, you don't. No, no, this is no, no, this is I mean, if, if we wonder that, then Nintendo has no right to, to exist as a company if they can't figure out their own sales numbers. This is a company that said that they were surprised by the shortage of that original one. That's that's I mean, even people who run a fucking lemonade stand understand how to uh, how to figure out shortages and who wants something. Nintendo, one of the things they love to do and they've always loved to do is, is treat people fairly poorly. Uh, when it comes to their overall intelligence, you know, they'll say something, they'll say, whatever it be, IP infringement or whatever, the shit that they say just makes no sense and they sort of walk away. They're like that friend that bullshits and you let them do it because you sort of wonder if they <laughs> remember it as bullshit. Like they're talking, they're like, remember that time? I blah, 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 and you're all, no, it, that didn't happen, but I don't really want to call you a liar because I think you might believe it. Nintendo believes their own bullshit. They're the ones who shit in a the toilet, they smell it and think it, and they'll tell you it smells like roses and walk out. 
and I'm done with them. As, as a company, <laughs> so I'm completely done with their nostalgia bullshit. And I'm done with them pretending that they didn't know that people wanted their system. I'm done with it. And it, it's, it's all a ploy. And everything they do now seems like a ploy. And they release a really good system in the Switch for a lot of people. And uh, I'm not even saying my own opinion. I'm saying a lot of people really like the Switch. And they don't support that with this kind of stuff. They put a game that's never been released, never been released, on a system that's called a classic. Now, if you think of Logic, the system would have games that have been released on it. Why is that game on there? Selling to make you buy the yeah. classic. Yeah. It is a, and anybody who understands business is laughing about this and going, they're, they're in, they're, I mean, in a way, they're very intelligent, but yeah. they do so at what I feel is the continual burning of customers. And at some point, there's, I mean, we're not the only ones who are going like, what the fuck? It's, and it's a groundswell. It's starting to happen more and more and more. And I don't want to see Nintendo in that area. It's not because I hate them, it's because I like them. I don't want to see them in that area. Would you say at this point Nintendo is just as bad for the industry as a, a company like EA, or is it better in certain ways? Because I agree that it's really it's no, not I don't good. think any of them are bad. I don't think any of them are bad. I don't even think EA is bad. Uh, I, I just think that their choices cause it. Well, you could say that they're bad in the way that yeah, they cause a groundswell of like bad impressions, and that mm-hmm. can be in, that can be weird where customers don't want to buy their title until like they're on sale or they want to wait you get Mm -hmm. that a lot of times if you guys have noticed if you follow forums or if you have people in discord they're like i like this company but i'm gonna wait because they did this and this ea Mm -hmm. it happens a lot of times where somebody oh yeah that's me (laughs) yeah so um i i don't think any company is technically bad for the industry because every company's released good games at some point uh, except for Derek smart and um, oh my God. <laughs> I, I think, yeah, knowing my luck, he'll come on Twitter now and tell me that I had to get a bank loan. Um, <laughs> so I, I think when it comes down to it, I don't want him to do it because I don't like cynicism is great when there's a reason. Yeah. And um, when there is an artificial. But it's a reaction, but there's an artificial worry from gamers that causes a huge problem. It's just like shorting stocks. I mean, because I, I used to do the stock market and shorting stocks. When you hear somebody shorting stocks, then you think about shorting stocks because somebody's shorting fucking stocks. Like, mm-hmm. it all builds up on, on top of each other. So it, that worries me. Yeah, see, I, I stand in the, the league. I really like my Switch, uh, I have to admit. Uh, I, I fucking love it. Just the other night, I uh, went up to a friend's house. My friend brought his Switch. I brought mine, uh, hooked it up to a TV. group of people came over, played ARMS, played Mario Kart, just like seven hours straight of just gaming and I, I don't remember the last time uh outside of a nintendo console that like we all huddled around the screen and played right. all these party games and stuff so i gotta i gotta say i love my switch because it's bringing out a piece of gaming i i basically forgot of which is couch co-op um i've been so into online co-op so into the multiplayer uh you know getting immersed in a single player game just kind of by yourself always that i forgot growing up you know that's that's really what you always did was you played with someone next to you and uh, when I started doing that again, uh, thanks to the games supported on the Switch that really have that focus of getting out, getting together with your friends where, um, you know, I could go out to lunch, pop up my Switch and, and fight someone in, ar- with, in arms if I really wanted to. Uh, I wouldn't do that. But point being is that it's bringing out that aspect of gaming. So I don't know if Nintendo isn't thanks to that specifically, but I feel like their games are more tailored towards that uh, competitive co-op, uh, couch co-op fun. 
So that's why I've been really liking my Switch, where I, I understand where you guys are coming from, not being a huge fan of Nintendo. It totally makes sense. It's just, um, in my perspective, that's what I... Oh, no, 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 really no, 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 no. It. I'm not saying I don't like the Switch. I was, I I was trying to speak... Switch, or you were going to sell it. Well, well, I am going to sell it, but that's, I, I don't hate it. <laughs> just because it doesn't work for me. I mean, yeah. I, I don't hate Magnum condoms, as I said in the Discord, just because <laughs> I can't wear one. So, uh, I, I, uh, so no, I don't... I don't uh, um, that Discord ended up exploding when I posted that. Yeah, I... So... <laughs> Because like no speech. one expected it. We were just talking about yeah. games, and this dude comes like, out like, "Okay, you got to, you got to, you got to always remember that's where I'm going to come from. Yep. something weird." So, I, what I'm saying is, um, th- those are great, but I'm going to tell you right now, Matt. If you went over to somebody's house and you said, "Let's play Arms," and people are playing Arms, and you said this, "Let me fucking run home and grab my SNES Classic so we can play Star Fox, and let me get another HDMI plug-in at your house and hook everything back up," or would you say, hey, let's turn Star Fox 2 on the Switch? Yeah. Which one are they going to want to fucking do? Option two. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and that's the new system everybody has. And your friend who brought their Switch over could say, hey, guess what? I have Star Fox 2 on my Switch as well. But instead, you're both going to be like, hey, let's get our fucking classic and bring it over. What the fuck? Mm-hmm. Like, what the fuck? So I do like the Switch. I want it to succeed. I want me to want it. Absolutely. How about that? Let's sh- let's shut my fat ass up. I want me to want it, and <laughs> right now they're doing. <laughs> they're they're no. I'm telling myself. I'm uh. saying a, a better point is I want me to want it, mm-hmm. and we'll they're making me want other fucking yeah, just plastic. Go, just go to E3 and every gaming convention with a shirt that says "Make me want the Switch." <laughs> yeah, I want, want me to yeah. want it. <laughs> I want me to want. It. I want you to want me. Yeah. Um. I, I and they haven't done so, and and this would have been a, a one more way for for me to do for me to want the Switch. But it's not there. I do have to say, I want them to try more new IP at some point in time. Like, yeah, uh, cause right. like I think for me personally, one of the games I'm most anticipating this fall, uh, Super Mario Odyssey. But you got to also consider it's, it's Mario. But I yeah. mean, there's some design elements in there. Like when I saw um, Mario like jump into the wall and then it turned into like the traditional mm-hmm. Game Boy Color Mario game, uh, that, like Paper the side scrolling. Yeah. yeah, I was like, what? You know, it was all seamless. Um, the way the level connected, it was just genius game design, in my opinion. So it's like, yeah, it's Mario again, but it's a really good-looking game. So that's where I kind of stand on Nintendo. like the Switch, want more IP, and I agree yeah, with me too. mostly what you guys say. Well, I think also Nintendo, and I'll, I'll finish with this. I okay. think Nintendo, at this point, they view it as an attempt to win back customers because they view the wii u as the time like the wii was when they got all the families all the toddlers were playing you know wii bowling and having a great time but those hardcore nintendo fans didn't have a lot to play on there and then the wii u came and everybody jumped ship and went to other consoles and now they're trying to make up for in their eyes a decade of lost time trying to win back all of those uh customers and they're trying to do it through nostalgia i that point. doesn't really explain, point. though, the fact that they're not bringing them to the Switch, Diminishes which sales. there's no real rational reason why they wouldn't do it. It's like I I can't gotta, explain it. It's got to boil down to business. They just want the classic to sell. Don't put it on the Switch. Or, well, or, and they view their customers wait. as cheap enough that they can sell it on a little piece of plastic. And then also come out with a virtual console and do it all over again a year <laughs> yeah. later. Let's I'll like, buy it well, again. It, fuck not. Yeah, it was limited. Just, not just many of you guys got it. Yeah, we'll, we'll buy it again on that platform now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, 
Yeah, yeah, Skyrim is a good example of the digital version of that. So. Yeah, and they do it because they can, because yeah. they will sell out of these consoles. They will sell millions of copies of, of virtual console, however they choose to implement it. They'll do what they can get away with. And Bioware did the same thing with Andromeda. They did what they thought they could get away with. Turns out they couldn't, and they faced the music for it. And and, I, and that's the what I was talking about, dude, is that exactly what you just said. That's what I'm worried about. I don't want people talking about Nintendo like they do about fucking Bioware. Mm-hmm. Bioware's like my heart and soul RPG company. Yeah, I mean, I agree. So watching how so we talk about my them soul. now, you should see the comments in my video oh, today. Oh, dude, Good yeah. God. It, back in the day when I'd be like, there's going to be a Jade Empire 2, we were all excited. We were like, man, this is going to be great. And now if I say it, they'll be like, I hope it's made by somebody else. And you're like, yeah, they're gonna screw up. Yeah. <laughs> somebody yeah. has fallen from grace pretty heavily. <laughs> I, I, I want three competitors, huge competitors. I want them to be mm-hmm. fighting tooth and nail for for every dollar so yeah i agree completely mm-hmm. but yeah probably won't probably won't stop happening anytime soon they're you know yeah they're a mafia they're just they bought japan they're probably nintendo probably hasn't told anybody they just own japan they move the island around like lost <laughs> the fuckers have so much money it's ridiculous they're just they just come up with shit they're like hey i got an idea what let's sell a system you can't put more games on because it'll just sell okay that sounds good and they it's, a, <laughs> it's a mini version of an electronic device released exactly. literally two decades ago. Hey, it's I'm going to sell you a cell phone that only fucking calls 12 numbers. Oh, that <laughs> sounds fucking awesome. And people bought it. I'm going to buy a car that only goes to 10 different places. Great. That sounds good because those 10 places mattered to me when I was 16 fucking years old. See, sorry. Here's the problem. I'm starting to get mad. Uh, I apologize. To people I'm, I'm not trying to be an asshole, but that, <laughs> no, that's uh, so good. They make it so easy. They do. make it so easy. I want them to be competitors. I want them. I want Sony and Microsoft to be so nervous, like <laughs> like like you oh, know crossplay and all those kind of things. <laughs> I want it to, and I want third parties to look at Switch and they're not right now. Sorry, Maddie. Oh, what's up? He's dying. Well, I do you, do you think they're going to need a big humbling experience like yes. an Andromeda? They will, and I don't see how. How is it possible when they're the only company technically in the black, right? I mean, you look at Microsoft now. They're the ones who get the free pass is, with nostalgia always. Yeah, and and, and they've got that nostalgia because even Maddie and I've talked about like I would love Legend of Cage, an old IP I played when I was like fucking eight or something. Um, there's old ancient games, but I I don't how how would they have like they've had to they've had a humbling experience, which is the Wii U, right? Or it's, that's pretty humbling. I would the we not you. So that shit sold like ten million in four years, I think. But it didn't really did it do much. It didn't, right? Because no. they make money. See, that's the difference between even though Sony supposedly pretty quickly started making money, the Xbox One wasn't for a while. Um, Nintendo has made sure that every console makes money day one, and that's the difference between the two. So to humbling to them just means less cash to roll around like Scrooge McDuck, where. Microsoft and Sony, it actually matters. There's a there's an actual, you know, negative when they don't sell. So, I don't know. That's, that's one of the reasons I I really hope for more third party support to come in because if you get like a From Software title, like a port of Dark Souls Two oh, or something oh, on the oh, Switch, then you know it not only opens the floodgates, but then you're not only beholden to the Nintendo first party developers, but you're also yeah. dealing with third party I, I think they just got to open it up but uh hollow knight which i talked about earlier that's also coming to the switch which yeah. i'm cool. i'm excited for so and hopefully Donner. that's a symbol yeah honor came out a couple days ago 
Awesome. Good to hear then that it's it's getting that third party. Let's shift the focus from one bullshit act to the other. <laughs> COD 4 remaster standalone. We all knew it was coming at some point. I'll admit I was a little surprised it took this long for the COD 4 standalone to come out, but it is available now on PS4. It came out June 20th, and it's taking a month to come to Xbox One for a short window of timed exclusivity on the PS4. Oh, Activision. Oh. Can I ask you a question, Maddie, before for we start it. all this? Yeah. Um, oh, why... it's, it's $40. Okay. Uh, why does this bother you? And I'm not being an ass. I don't remember because I don't follow COD that closely. So uh, it's not even I don't COD. Remember... It's not even okay. COD. Well, number one, I, I well, hate Activision, so I definitely have some bias. Oh, okay. I'll say that. <laughs> we'll remove that. that. Remove yeah, okay, that. We'll remove Just the COD. bias. So number one exclusivity in this circumstance i think is really dumb i don't mean the exclusivity i mean call of duty that you keep saying something about the disc you expected it sooner what is it about the disc that's uh, about oh no i'm just saying i expected it sooner i i thought they were trying to get people to buy infinite warfare with the cod 4 remaster because i you had to pay an extra 20 bucks on top of Mm -hmm. infinite warfare to get cod 4 the digital version I don't know if it was... Yeah, the digital version, yeah. I see. Okay, I see what you're... I'm saying now the standalone, you can buy it. You don't have to own Infinite Warfare. You don't have to own Infinite Warfare. I I got you. It was just going to be... Everyone waited on it because they were like, oh, they're eventually going to just go ahead and and sell it alone. And it it was months and months after launch and never did. And now they're they're finally doing it. Um, All right. First thing that bothers me is that uh, in... When you look at it, when you break it down, you pay 80 bucks, you get Infinite Warfare, you get COD 4. So really, COD 4 remaster is 20 bucks. They're selling it for 40 now. So they doubled the price for a remaster, um, which is just, I'm not surprised, because they were selling the DLC map pack remastered for $15, which was technically five short of what they were selling it for when it was coupled in with Infinite Warfare. So it doesn't shock me that they have overpriced yet another product. Um, <laughs> with that said, I just, yeah, I, I mean, it, it kind of stops there. It's just their pricing's abysmal. I, I can't stand it. Um, it's kind of carrying into what we're going to sound like we're repeating ourselves a little bit, at least in my case, with what we were saying about Nintendo is that it, it's nostalgia butchering clearly as clear as day. Sure. So that's, that's kind of, like I said, I don't want to repeat exactly what we said, but that's exactly how I feel about this product move. Except this product came out in what? 2007? Six? I don't remember when COD 4 came out. Um, can I ask a question? This, uh, this disc version, does it contain... For the 40, does it contain um, any DLC maps or? Let me check. Feel free to keep talking. While I think I, it has. Tw- oh well, DLC maps specific. I know it has 12 multiplayer maps. So, so it's a remastered graphics better, obviously. Um, uh, I AI think I have improved, a code for this. I think. AI improved. Well, yeah, having AI at all would be an improvement. Um, <laughs> I mean, that was artificial for artificial intelligence. Let me tell you. Uh, <laughs> so, if you look at if you look at it then um what would you i have a question then what would be fair to you maddie ten dollars i'd say i'd say leave it at 20 if you were technically selling it for 20 when it was uh when it was with the infinite warfare why not just release it for 20 as i wouldn't really i honestly wouldn't mind this as much like we were talking about with the once again with the snes classic 80 dollars a little ludicrous you yeah. guys were talking about like 2015, like you'd struggle to to do that, uh, but at least twenty dollars, it's acceptable. Okay, it's a remaster. Makes sense. It's an old game. That's what you were kind of originally selling it for. Uh, to me, it seems like they looked at their bottom lines, maybe, and they were like, okay, how can we maximize profit here? Forty dollars, 
nostalgia. Let's do it. Um, let me go ahead and find out what this comes out with. Uh, um, <clears throat> Luke, do you play, uh, while he's looking, do you play the Call of Duty games? I, I used to, again, like, my first Call of Duty game was um, Call of Duty 3 mm, on the 360. And it was fun. Like, for me, I didn't grow up playing a lot of video games. little backstory. I played up playing chess competitively. So I was the nerd that was going to chess tournaments. So was so, like, I, brother. Really? Yes. I was, yeah. Actually, I was in chess club for, until I was a senior. <laughs> I, I, I led my, my chess team. We went oh, to nationals, fifth in the nation. It was well, fun. Good sorry, for you, I don't, mean to, I don't mean to interrupt. Just I want to toss <laughs> this out there. No, we're talking about chess. Let's talk uh, about openings. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just joking. <laughs> Go ahead. Sorry, um, it does not include the $15 variety map pack that came out in March. So does not. It is the forty dollar game does not include okay. any of the DLC. I mean, it is the 40. campaign, sixteen maps from the base launch. That is ludicrous. Um, so about chess openings. Anyway, <laughs> I'm just joking. Um, but uh, so I could you, go, you on go all ahead day. with your story. You, 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 oh, um, you didn't um, go up playing. Yeah, no, I I didn't grow up playing a lot of video games. Um, but, like, our, my first console was a PlayStation 2, and we played, like, uh, the original Red Faction, which to this day I love that oh. game. Um, Freedom Fighters was another one I remember, uh, which was super cool. And so, like, that was my main experience. But one day we went over to my uncle's house and we played Call of Duty 3 on the 360, and it blew my mind compared to what I had been playing. And so after that, I tried playing it. But after playing probably two or three CODs, they got to the point where they just it became incredibly repetitive to me. I know that's going to tick some people off to say, but to me, they don't offer enough variety to really pull me in. So I like I remember four. I, I had a good time. Me and my brother played it. Um, we both enjoyed it. But it's not a game I would I, I have or hold in such high esteem that I would spend yeah. $40 on a remaster makes sense what do you think about it Carrick? yeah i agree I, I i just wanted to get the for myself get mm -hmm. the numbers straight about what it included because sometimes something hidden you'll look at it and go oh okay that actually sort of makes sense um but nothing about that makes sense it's it, it, 20 bucks would have probably actually 15 would have probably been good activision doesn't throw bones for the most part to to gamers um nope. that i've known and and i'm oh with that as long as they are also fair which here they're certainly not and in other places they're not so I, yeah i think it's ludicrous I, I i think 20 bucks would have made sense or 40 plus all the map packs plus yeah it probably 40 just doesn't make sense actually 40, yeah, at 40 all doesn't make sense but it, what shocks me it. is that they're going to try to sell the map pack separately for yeah, the game that, that's afterwards the so they're like i said they're off. trying to hit that 60 dollar point because i know that cod 4 also has those supply drops now so it's that, that microtransaction shit inside there. I think it gets you, like, new camos and stuff. Um, so that's another way to just keep I have a question for you guys. Money. Let's say you're young. Let's go back to when you're 12 or 13, or when Luke first started playing games. So which, how old were you, Luke, when you first started playing? Uh, PS2. I, oh, I PS2. was probably nine. I, well... I don't know. Well, I'm probably say, nine when I started playing. Let's say we're all 12 or 13, and we're fucking playing with our Transformers in a sandbox somewhere, and I say to you that in the future, buying fucking skins would be a multi-billion dollar industry. Would you ever agree with me and believe that shit? Like, dude, a skin, dude, you're talking Forza, about the kid that, Forza, like, a, a little bit younger. Go. <laughs> 
CSO, CSGO. I mean, it's fucking crazy. Sorry, go ahead. No, I was just saying, you're, you're, I, I wouldn't believe you just because solely based on the fact that I remember when I was younger, playing the first Battlefront 1, like, I'd be uh. shooting dudes, and it'd say, like, you killed, and it would come up with, like, a little fake gamer tag. And my friend was like, oh, are you fighting kids online? I'm like, yeah, yeah, they're online. I was playing single player by myself. And, like, oh, I, to right. <laughs> I totally believed I was fighting kids online. So, like, yeah, I, I probably wouldn't have believed you for a second because I'm like, oh, like, how could you even do that in the first place? Um, games were but, a I mean, lot more just innocent skins. back then, for sure. I mean, like, just the idea that somebody's Homer Simpson skin for Forza or whatever. Like, it just makes you sit back and go, fuck. Now, I have no problem because they're artists uh, when it comes to those people. But when it comes to, like, a company in microtransactions for, like, blue camo. And, you know, camo that, let's be honest, none of us really probably yeah. would put on a fucking gun anyway. It's just, it's crazy what, it, I would never believe me if I came back from the future. And, Even today, and, and to I can barely people. believe that. Like, yeah. I, again, call a lot, okay, the majority of Call of Duty players, I'm sure, and CSGO players, the majority of them are just like guys or girls who are looking for a fun time where yeah, they can play with right. their friends. That's it. But there's a, a a minority I'd like to think that are absolutely insane and will spend hundreds of dollars on skins, which is so insane to me as a gamer who will go and buy like another game for that same price. It's so foreign an idea to me to buy a skin I, I cannot understand well, it, but a, clearly a lot of people do. Yeah, here's a here's a good example. I can speak for myself. When I was around 13, I want to say, I, I don't remember when it was. Sometime during high school, I was playing FIFA 13. It was when I like first started getting into sports games, and I remember I tried Ultimate Team for the first time. And uh, for those who don't know, Ultimate Team has like packs. They have the, the bronze, silver, gold packs, and in the gold packs, you can roll out these amazing players. And I remember spending at least $100 on, not flat, at that point in time, but like over the course of time, like I dropped 20 bucks each month on new Ultimate Team packs. Oh, does anybody else here feel though? At least it does to me. It is changed. This is going to sound weird. Games now have changed my opinion of what bronze, silver, and gold actually mean in real life. Like <laughs> they mean instead extent, of yeah. third, second, and first place, I think rip off, rip off, or er, and rip off more er. Like, it's weird that I, it, it, it's so odd that it's changed the actual, like, when he said silver, bronze, I was just all, oh, my God, it's it's actually physically painful to hear those colors now. Because when I was younger, it was like, that was the Olympics, that was first, second, third place, that those things were great. Now, it's like energy in a mobile game, where yeah. if I see a fucking lightning bolt, I want to punch somebody in the balls. Uh, I do not want to fucking buy Straight energy. shot. Oh, dude, yeah. yeah. It, whenever a game says it's free, I, I know that it'll just have a lightning bolt. It'll be like, do you wish to pay so you can do more in the game? No! I don't. <laughs> Super makes... ultimate energizer number yeah. one. Fun yeah, time. yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's the same way with skins, where it's just like, do you want to pay so you can have the mustard fucking paint job? And I'm like, no. I, it, can you make me better? Will the bullets do more? That might matter. But... The fact that some dude's going to see me sprint by at full speed, we're all on Adderall anyway. None of us being <laughs> able to pay attention. Fucking ACD shaking, and I've gotten tremors, and I shoot a dude. He's going to see me for a quarter of a second sprinting past him with my brand-new Homer Simpson skin. Like, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> but like you said, there's a, there's a group out there that are like, this is awesome. What it yeah. might uh, subconsciously do is uh, alter expectations where you hop into a game. I can't think of a game right now off the top of my head that has that like type of cosmetic customization that armor customization weapon customization yeah. 
and it's not tied into a microtransaction, suddenly it becomes that much more awesome. Because you're it like, does. I don't have to pay for this. And it's right. not just the mechanic that's good, but it's the fact that I don't have to pay for said mechanic. So it does alter expectations too, and I think that is used by developers as a selling point. Like I said, I, I apologize. I cannot think of a game off the top of my head. Um, oh, all right, I'll, I'll go with uh, Mario Kart 8. I, I don't think that was their plan, but in that game, there are not microtransactions, and as you just keep racing, you get coins, and those coins, you don't pick what you unlock. It just re, it just rolls a random unlock. You get like a new vehicle, new type of wheels, new glider, whatever, and that's it. It's, it's just all flavor, really, <clears> but <throat> it looks... A lot better in game because I'm not paying oh, yeah. a fucking dime for it. Oh you no, know? I agree. So it's like I thought that was awesome, but really when you break it down, it's more so because even one of my favorite games, man, Overwatch. Like I mean, I haven't played it in a while, but that game has started this thing where now we just see cosmetics, loot packs, supply drops in so many games, um, and it's fine, I guess. Really, I kind of sit in the the section of the DLC discussion where you know if it's cosmetic go ahead because it's not changing who's better at the game than me yeah. but it also brings up the discussion i would rather it just be something i could unlock if i put the time <laughs> in <laughs> do you know what i hate i hate the games that i play where if i don't buy anything i look like me but if i buy shit i look like darkness from the movie legend or something amazing and i'll be no matter <laughs> what customizations yeah no matter what customizations i can do in the game if i don't buy it's like red blue yellow and you're all yeah it's not very cool but then like the You'll you'll look at the microtransaction and it's like uber awesome dude number seven with and you're like fuck man I can either look totally bland and boring or if I pay just a little money I can fucking look amazing and I know there's a lot of people who are all over on that other side I got a good customization idea or game with customization just I can't remember as if it has microtransactions does Injustice two have them yeah it does all right fuck it never mind then. See, but Injustice too, 2... Too fucking naive. Injustice 2 has so... Injust, I haven't bought anything. Injustice 2 is one of the few games I said, even in my review, where I'm like, this is legitimately so stock full of equipment and stuff that it, it, it's just it's insane. insane. But it, it, I, If I remember, um, you can buy mother bo- stuff to get mother boxes if you want, but it doesn't, add, it doesn't improve the chances of getting... And, well, yeah. I guess if you bought a gold mother box versus a a silver one. I don't think but, you can uh, buy like the diamond and stuff. You yeah, and you like... get so much shit. That game just is constantly like a fucking slot machine. <laughs> <laughs> just yeah. dropping shit. So uh, I never I never had to worry about it. Hmm. Yeah, we got off track of that COD 4 remaster standalone. <laughs> so bullshit, can we agree? <laughs> yeah, bullshit. Yeah. Alright, cool then. The month-long exclusivity. I get Sony has to get an exclusive, but 30 days? Like, what are yeah, we doing? Yeah, it just literally looks like they, they just kind of... It's like that day you open your wallet after payday. You're like, I got a good amount of money here. Like, I'm going to go take myself out to eat and just buy the most expensive fucking thing on the menu. Like, that's how I viewed Sony. It's like, hey, let's <laughs> get it for a month here. Take some money, Activision. They, exactly. They just toss no, their the cash po- around. Right. The point of it, an exclusive title is that you have an exclusive title. A title that you can't get anywhere else. But for 30 days... Like, who is going to be like, okay, I guess I got to go buy a PS4 now to yeah. play that remaster that I can play in a month? I, it makes no sense. It, a lot of this stuff nowadays yeah. in the gaming industry doesn't make much sense. I can't quantify it. Uh, anyway, let's move on to what games are playing. We'll, we'll talk about something fun, something happy. 
So, what games have you guys been cranking out lately? Go for it, Luke. Uh, Mine aren't that happy. I've been doing Hollow Knight, for one, which, uh, as I said twice now, really, really good. Like, it's in the same sort of uh, side-scroller style, Metroidvania, I think is what you would call it. Um, But it has the atmosphere and feeling of a Soulsborne game. And I love that type of game. And I... It's it's something I initially thought I would hate, and I actually said to myself, you know, I, I got it on the Steam sale, save like two dollars or something. Yeah, it's only like nine fifty, I think, right now. But I said if I don't like it, I'll just return it. But I played it for three hours straight after starting it up for the first time. It really uh, phenomenal. Highly recommend you give it a chance if you um, like Soulsborne games or those that style of side scroller games. Bloodborne is probably in my like top thirty games of all time. So I'm not even the fact that it's twenty dollars. Bloodborne is twenty dollars, and you can get it on sale for like ten. That I don't know if that's wonderful yeah. or an atrocity. Either way, it's there. Say, and you play it. Ladies and gentlemen, if there's one game in the the Soulsborne genre you're ever going to try, please make it Bloodborne. I know there are people out there who like. Dark Souls, and I totally get why. My perspective, and I want to hear Luke's too, and and Carrick's. My perspective is, I like the uh, more action-packed dodging. I like how you get your health back in Bloodborne. If you know, if you play on the uh, attack and you get hit, you can get some of that health back. Where I feel like in Dark Souls, a little bit less in three, but you kind of shield hug a lot, and I, I just didn't like that after the first game. Um, where where Bloodborne was probably like the the best game they've made since Dark Souls one with that like cohesive open world uh, a story that you can actually kind of follow uh, just rich of lore um, although I I don't really I've talked about this on the podcast before I'm not a big fan of how they handle lore in their games but I'm getting <laughs> off track I just I, I love Bloodborne if there's one game you're gonna try out of that entire genre that just crushes your soul try uh try Bloodborne so no good. I would I would totally agree I, one of my Probably my second video that really blew up to like half a million views really suddenly was on Bloodborne. And it was based off of some discussions I had on uh, Bloodborne subreddit. Um, And uh, another YouTuber by the name of, uh, I think, H-Bomber Guy did a similar video. uh, But his was like an hour and a half long, um, all on the same subreddits. But essentially the idea was that if you're coming at the Soulsborne series for the first time people tend to approach a game that's seen as difficult. This is, you know, prepare to die is the subtitle. You got to go in, you got to just pound it out. You got to try your hardest, be super aggressive and fight like a warrior or whatever. Uh, But in reality, what a lot of people end up doing is playing very reserved. They think this is going to be hard. So I need to dance around rolling and doing all sorts of stuff other than attacking Uh, Because this is going to be hard. And what that leads to is a very unfun experience. And Bloodborne says, you're going to try that? No. No shields. We're going to give you a gun in your left hand instead. And uh, they you know, put in the rally system where if you take damage, you can get it back by inflicting damage on other people. Uh, Brilliant. brilliant. I think Bloodborne has probably... Um, there's some others that are close up there, but Bloodborne, in my opinion, has probably the best combat system of any game ever made. Like it's that friggin' good. The only thing that's uh, frustrating about it is um, dipping frame rates that are still pretty common. The load times are improved since launch and other things. That, but like if it, if you have a PS4 Pro, that's a game you absolutely have to play. Um, really, just phenomenal. 
Carrick, where do you stand okay. on Bloodborne? Um, are we talking? Are, are we ask? Are we jumping from what he was playing? I know we're still, we're still talking about totally what we're playing. Totally jumped we, on the Bloodborne. <laughs> okay. We, yeah, we, um, we were talking about Hollow Knight. Got into Bloodborne. Uh, I do want to say that I find it funny. I was laughing inside that he described Hollow Knight with two different genre mixes: uh, <laughs> Metroidvania and, and and Soulsborne, and that sort of depressed me because I was like, "What was our vocabulary prior to those two games?" <laughs> yeah, like I, I'd say Hollow Knight was a you know like a platformer side scroll whatever and people would be like okay but now it's i mean pretty soon it's going to be all space harrier-esque rpg <laughs> fps it's it's crazy how we explain things um mm-hmm. but uh bloodborne uh um, I, ha- I hate micro stutter i think it's terrible in that game uh fps it is an issue but the micro stutter bothers me even more and um i thought it was okay i, I i'm more of a japanese mythology fan so neo was more my style okay mm-hmm. Yeah, Neo. So also too. great. Also yeah, great. Yeah. So I mean, I think that's more of a once you get games, you have three. You have well, you have four technically. You have Asian inspired mythos. You have the European inspired Dark Souls, and then you have the Gothic inspired, which is Bloodborne. And now you have the futuristic, which is Lovecraftian. Yeah. And um, and each one offers something different. Even though I wasn't a huge, I wasn't as big of a fan of Surge as I was. But Neo is probably to me more my style i like the old style martial arts weapons and stuff yeah i thought blood it it did and i i think bloodborne is fine it's just neo you know how it is where it's like sometimes a fiction like if we talked about futuristic games some people like mass effect some people like um a a cyber style game something a little bit more dark and gritty Mm -hmm. it's just neo hit me a little bit for me if they did a a neo but with ancient egyptian like Mm -hmm. mythology take all my money right now but for me like the japanese stuff never really connected with me yeah. but the yeah. the victorian lovecraftian worked with me so it's right. different tastes yeah, yeah. there yeah. was when a, it comes to a the- rumor that the developers of bloodborne were going to make a game that uh instead of giving you melee weapons it was going to be like hand-to-hand combos i forgot I where they too. said it was set but I, I don't know why when you said egypt that rang a bell i can't guarantee if that's what it was but it was when like I heard that rumor, or something, maybe, yeah. yeah, yeah, it's got to be something along those lines. Where when I heard that, it reminded me. But that rumor, I'm like, please be true. <laughs> that would be so awesome cool. for me because you were mentioning Bloodborne being one of the best combat systems. It made me think what would be my favorite. I the first one that always comes to mind. I mean, I'd have to go through a lot of games and see if I could remember. But the best combo slash combat system I, I think of all the time is uh, DMC Devil May Cry. Right off the bat, man, that game. I fucking love its combat. You know, you have the uh, the one chain that pulls you in, the one chain that pulls them in, different weapons, different weaknesses, so many combos, the, the ranking system they have making you, like, really push it to the limit. I, I, I love the combat in that game. First one that always comes to mind. But uh, is there anything else you're playing, Luke? Outside of um, I am going through my... Pro- I, it's ninth or tenth run of The Last of Us for a critique wow. I'll be doing, um, hopefully out sometime in the next seven days. But uh, that's also like on the other side of the coin, you have like the combat heavy games and then you have the narrative heavy games that Naughty Dog throws out. <clears throat> and um Luckily, I, I enjoy them both, and The Last of Us. Again, if you have a PS4 or a PS3, um, absolutely worth playing. Some people will not connect at all with it, but if it hooks you, you're in for the ride of your life. It's it's really um, 
Great. And it's, of course, people have praised it to the ends of time, and, and there's not much you can say about it that hasn't already been said. But, yeah, that's that's what I'm doing right now. Cool, cool. Tarek, what have you been playing? Um, Micro Machines for a review. Um, but it was one of those games where they give you the goddamn game and then half the shit's turned off because they haven't turned the servers on. So... <laughs> There was like three three modes for a single player. All of them sort of resulted in practice mode, which was sort of boring. Um, and it barely offers anything compared to the prior game. It's one of the things that always bothers me. You get a sequel to a game and like the DLC and everything from the prior game isn't in the new game. So you get a new game. It always feels bare bones compared to like its mm, predecessor. That's and that's... Yeah. Oh, dude. We were talking terrible. about that with Battlefront, the Battlefront too. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's terrible. And uh, Civilization does it a lot of times. Those yeah. kind of games are really heavy into it. So it, it's it's pretty not impressive. And then I'm um, doing um, some review games. Uh, Black, not get even. Um, Black something. Blackfall. Uh, and one one or two others. I'm actually, to be honest, I uh, other than Mad Max because I'm doing a walking the walk uh, game design video. I'm not really playing much. And Mad Max is really hard because oh, yeah. for some reason Shadowplay doesn't love it. Yeah. And so I'm having a hard time that was a, capturing footage. That was a good time for that break. It's summer, you know, it's not too many games coming out. You know, there was yeah, and I mean, Crash and people want something trilogy. to watch. So, but, yeah, um, that's about oh, the Crash and Sing. That's, that's, the, that's the other one I'm playing. Did you like that? I, I know you, you said I like rated you were... it. Yeah, I rated it a buy, but it, it the problem with remasters when they're remade like this, because it's a remaster that's technically a remake. They, mm-hmm. they move the physics forward is that it in, introduces issues that didn't exist at problems that didn't exist exactly. in the original games because it is not now it looks the same but it is technically not the same game and it dawned, game. it dawned on me that basically what you're playing is an android constant running game through all of crash that really is what crash is is it's the preview of what we're getting on android phones where your character constantly runs you can't stop him they're 99 cents at least with Crash, it's better. And there's some really cool elements, and the price is right thirty thirty nine ninety nine for for three games. Yeah, um, some great stuff, but it's prehistoric gameplay. Like you have to know what you're getting into because that shit is not Mario. <laughs> I, I still remember it. Matter of fact, the brutally honest trailer even said like Crash gave you something to talk about for two months until Mario came along and no one could remember. And that is pretty much. <laughs> It's archaic. Like when you're playing it, it's it's one of those that's, games that you're uh, constantly hoping to do more, but you can't. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. what, that's what I'm a little nervous about because I um I'm gonna be reviewing it down the line as well because I got a code for it and I've never played Crash before, ever. Just so, have to know that it is prehistoric. Yeah, and that, that's why I thought like at first I wasn't gonna review, but I was like, you know, I haven't played these. It might offer consumers a good <clears> opinion <throat> on like someone hopping in for the first time. So for sure, yeah. I'm definitely looking forward to that. Um. As for me, I have to embarrassingly admit what I've been playing. I don't know why I suggested this topic, because the game I've been playing is a complete fucking meme. Alright, let's start off by the fact that I trusted my friends, and they co- I think they pranked me. Because um, they, like, they were like, and they've never really pranked me, so I was like, alright, I'll believe you guys. Because at first I was like, you're kidding, right? Battlefield like, Hardline? Nope. Nope. <laughs> Far Cry Primal? Nope. <laughs> I'm just joking. No, you're, games. you're so far off the mark that when I say it, I, I don't even... I might close my eyes so I don't have to see your face. Um, like Hello Kitty's Grand Adventure or something. <laughs> it's a little better than that. So, yeah, the, like a quick story. 15 bucks, they were like, look, just try it. It's actually good. You know, we really like it. Good characters, good story. I'm like, 
All right, fine. Like, even though it's on sale on Steam for two bucks, I'm going to play it quietly on my Vita so no one had to see it on my friends list. But <laughs> my Vita connected to my Wi-Fi and people saw it anyway. So, anyway, uh, it's called Hotful Boyfriend. Anyone ever heard of this game? I have. What the fuck is this game? <laughs> I can't believe I beat this shit. <laughs> it's a, it's a, you play as a girl, it's a dating simulator, and you date pigeons. And there are some endearing <laughs> moments, I'll admit, but for the, and like, I'm really, I don't sound it right now, but I'm very open-minded with games. The fact that I beat this, I think, is a <laughs> testament to that. But even during it, I, myself, I was shocked. I was like, what the fuck? You know, like. I have I took screen I took some pictures on my phone because I was so dumbfounded by some quotes. Um, so allow me to read read two for you guys. So we have number one. Uh, he puffs his chest out and swags his way out of the classroom like a real gangsta pigeon. And then, <laughs> number two, uh, this teacher asked me if I wanted to um, help him grade some papers because I came to school a day early and I told him I wanted to go home instead. So instead of just saying that. My character says, forgive me, sir, but I need to go home. I must return to my people with the spoils of war, lay my bloody sword at the feet of my great king, and celebrate my conquest of all the lands from here to distant Macedonia. I'm just like, what the fuck? <laughs> I mean, I, the point is it for, for it to kind of be like that, but it has so many serious moments that I have no idea what this game's trying to be. So, yeah. Well, I, mean, I don't know about you guys. I'm sold on that. Yeah. That sounds great. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I've I've played a little too much of that than I'd like to admit. Thank God it's a short game. So, really, in the scheme of things, it's been seven, eight-hour adventure. Uh, but other than that, uh, just ARMS and Mario Kart outside of that. I've been having a blast with those to really balance out the riveting gameplay that is Hot to Full Boyfriend. <laughs> yeah. It's an experience, Maddie. Yeah. That's how you have to approach it. It's yeah. an experience. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. It's like, I, I like graphic novels. I played Zero Escape, Danganronpa, I've talked about a couple times on the podcast. And all Orps this party. I actually yes. haven't played that one. Um, I, so that's one i got to get around to. I've heard it's scary. So that's why I kind of bitched out. It's on messed it. up. It's messed yeah, up. Yeah, that's why I kind of bitched out on it. Um, <laughs> but, you know, all it did for me was personally solidify my opinion that Danganronpa is like the top of the fucking uh, totem pole on that genre of graphic novels. Just between the gameplay it offers, the stories, how it progresses, its story itself, um, how they do visual transformations in front of you to keep you, like, actually engaged with what you're looking at instead of just reading walls of text. So, yeah, that that's also the reason I played it, but I'm not going to make excuses. I, it's, yeah, <laughs> I played a pigeon dating simulator. <laughs> next topic! That's something to bring up on a first date. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right there. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'll be ready for the next day I'm on because I dated a couple of pigeons beforehand. <laughs> yeah, I'm very experienced now. <laughs> uh, let's talk about oh. some DLC next. Um, we got Andromeda's DLC we'll start off with. The story is that there were reports coming out of Kotaku uh, from some sources that there were three planned DLC for Mass Effect Andromeda. They were canceled. Then reports came out that EA had uh, kiboshed that saying, no, that's not true. And then Game Informer followed that up saying, no, there, there's no DLC happening. And uh, what they're essentially doing, Game Informer, is putting a lot of their credibility on the line with that. So hopefully that story, for their sake, ends up being true. But Andromeda, no single-player DLC. Does this come as a surprise to anyone? <laughs> Not really. I mean, they, they bailed 
they legitimately they uh, what happened during the development and after like it's been long enough after release even though it hasn't really been that long that we've heard stories from inside uh of the development and what it sounds like is they were working on it they realized it wasn't going to be what they wanted it to be without delaying it for a year plus so they said okay screw it we'll put it out just finish it up we'll move the rest of you over We'll work on Anthem. It'll be great. We'll just we'll make that the game that Andromeda was supposed to be. And they just they gave up. You know, they walked away. Um, so it doesn't surprise me. I, what I'm, I mean, even if it if it wasn't completely true and they were going to come out with a single player DLC, who is going to go and pay twenty bucks for some sort of DLC story expansion, especially a story expansion for a game that had notoriously terrible writing? And storytelling, like yeah. it's, it, I just, I, it's, I guess the it's hopes might be a, no harm for a, me. I kind of, at least if I'm looking at it from a Mass Effect fan's perspective, I'm saying like I'm not one. I'm looking at it as a uh, kind of a Fallout Four to Far Harbor situation, if anything, um, you know, a drastically different a redeeming experience. factor. Yeah, that that might be. I'm thinking why people are upset, but I think the other shitty part really is that uh, it just shows that like they're. I'd say the best word is embarrassed, and they're, they're they already said they're putting Mass Effect on ice, and it's mm-hmm. like you know I, they had an ambitious idea, it turned into a, a pretty poor effort, and just because of that one failure, they're they're canning the franchise for a while, and, and they're gonna wait, and they'll probably eventually reboot it or something along those lines, uh, and that sucks. That's what's the most disheartening mm-hmm. about about this to me is like can the DLC probably because they looked at the numbers for multiplayer, they probably see hardly anyone playing it, unlike Mass Effect 3, where that was alive for a while. Uh, it, it was probably really defeating for them. And so mm-hmm. it, it kind of bums me out. Not like I was going to buy it or play it, but it's just like shit. <laughs> just like no more Mass Effect for a while now. Mm-hmm. Well, Andromeda and... It's a comparison I've heard a couple people make, but I, I I think it makes sense. Andromeda and No Man's Sky were in many ways brothers. Uh, they were born out of the same idea that you would have a, a galaxy you could explore that was procedurally generated. And that was Andromeda's whole gimmick initially during the development was that you're going to be able to go to all these planets that were all going to be different and ginormous and it was going to be incredible. But... Whereas No Man's Sky went through and kept with the idea and it created a really bland game that was really boring, Andromeda just said, nope, that's going to be bland and boring. It's not working. We'll scrap it and try to salvage what we can. But they had already wasted so much time and money that this is what you got. And so I don't don't blame them for the amount of money they spent on it and with, I'm sure, the the crap they received and the damage to their brand. I don't blame them for walking away. Yeah, well, I do more damage to it, right? It, well, and that's the thing. They, if they came out with a single-player DLC, uh, it could legitimately make it worse, which I think they're honestly terrified of. They're like, that was the best we could do. Mm. <laughs> like, if we try to save it, they could end up doing more damage, especially, you know, I guess get Anthem right. Get Anthem right, and maybe people will forgive you, but... I don't even trust Anthem. <laughs> Oh, it's not my type of game. I'm I, I'm yeah. not really interested. It's, I, I'm gonna try because it it's Bioware, but I, I just don't. What that trailer already... looked so scripted, and yeah. uh, like if the game looks anything like that at release, I'll be happy. But oh, God, um, 
No, it's always funny when you hear the people going around like the fake gamers. Yeah. I thought it was like some sort of narration over like a scripted. That's what I, I was like, oh, they're pretending to be players. <laughs> they're yeah. Like, okay, we have to go to this checkpoint. Let's like, go. Do you, do you realize most people are like jumping around making dick jokes at this point in the game? <laughs> I just saw a video this morning. I don't know yeah. who made it. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's you saw awesome. it too? Yeah. It was awesome. so great. It's it's Anthem as if it was played by real actual players. gamers yeah and the guy, one guy enters and he's chewing and he's like <laughs> and they're yeah. like who's chewing it's, that's it's awesome. so true um, so so to me i personally think that andromeda is basically scale bound if they had released scale bound it's a game that halfway through somebody said oh fuck and andromeda got released scale bound luckily microsoft was like yeah we're not releasing shit microsoft already failed with um with halo the master chief edition mm, talk about sure. making the worst out of the best thing you possibly could and ea did the same if this was uh if this was sony or microsoft we'd be looking at a, a huge issue luckily it's ea where it's one title people don't expect title. much um well there's that but i mean remembering that outside of gaming people expect a ton we don't expect much maybe because we're inside of the gaming but luckily almost all my friends just buy games if they look good they don't know anything about electronic arts at all right. they wouldn't even so we sort of hold grudges in a way that no one else does. Um, so you're looking at a, at a problem where like, they, it, it got released, they, they moved away from it, and t to be honest, I don't think I'd trust them to do the single player as well, but I think that they've also left Mass Effect in a really weird place, and it's a weird enough place mm -hmm. that it also affects even more people who do care about history watching EA. I, the yeah. thing is, though, oh, it, it's it's it's. I mean, it's it, it's the me, business. What like, just hit me, and I won't spoil it for anyone who does want to try it out themselves. I'll just leave it at Mass Effect Andromeda ends with kind of like a cliffhanger. Mm -hmm. In many. Oh ways. no, it definitely does. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I thought that I thought it set up for a sequel. Myself, yeah, yeah, no doubt, no doubt to me. Sequel, because you don't know nowadays. In my opinion, like if they're setting up for just a DLC in a right. couple of months, or if it's sequel bait. But yeah, like I, I saw that news and, and I was just like, wait, hold on. I'll just what, say wasn't that supposed to be another Mass Effect. <laughs> there were supposed to be there. Yeah, there. I was it um, gonna be like a new trilogy. New a new trilogy in the Andromeda Galaxy. Yeah, that well, was the I'll, original plan. I know somebody who worked on it, and really, it, the plan was for sure to have other guys at that time. No longer works there. I was gonna say. Yeah, uh, it's. It, I mean, it's sad. It's sad. They. I mean. It'll be one of those titles, just like No Man's Sky. This has been awesome for for uh, game development because discussion can be had. Yeah, and people can look at these and go, okay, what what exactly happened? I think the real problem is that the companies aren't open about it. Hello Games closed down, didn't tell anybody what they were doing for months on end, mm -hmm. and they didn't communicate well. EA is having trouble communicating. I'd rather have these companies say, all right, so here's what happened, and really, I mean, not wait for... Taku of all fucking places. I mean, yeah. I, I I think I've gone there one time in like six years. Give them, you have a, give a, a site have, that has a rep yeah. for breaking rumors and shit. More yeah, <laughs> have more have the company come out and say, okay, this is where shit went wrong. Tell the developer, tell the lead. CD Projekt you know Red kind of did that when they were exactly. blackmailed. They were just yeah. like, this is it, what's happening. This is what's happening. Let let the developers talk about it and let people learn from it because they're talking about it anyway when they leave. I'll tell you that much. You know, mm -hmm. you, you always sign NDAs, no, you know, all yeah, that kind of shit. You can't fuck that. That shit's ignored instantly the moment they go to an. And we we see one company that got in trouble for that. Um, Arc, the guy left his company, went to work for Arc, 
and he's getting in trouble for some of the stuff he helped them with from his prior company. That's because mm-hmm. that happens all the fucking time. It's just he was stupid about it. And they learn. But I'd rather have them learn in the open. You know, have somebody go to fucking GDC and say, boom, we're doing an eight-hour discussion about what happened at Andromeda and let people pick, let people learn from it, understand what's going on. Bring closure to everyone, I think. And that's it, why I it don't does. know why. Doing it in yeah, the shadows, I, it's, it's dirty in a way. It is. And it just, and this, he said, she said, it's like, yeah. you broke up with her? No, she broke up with me. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. You wouldn't believe it. Who fucked who? I don't know. But let's be on 90210 tonight. Like, fuck you, man. This isn't, I mean, it's not teenager bullshit. It's, it's just weird. It's like, and I wish they wouldn't have broke the story if it is true, because then you do have EA who might not be telling, you know, they might be paying some people out. See, a lot of people don't realize that a rumor, when it gets out, when somebody breaks a story like this, there might be people who don't know, you know, they're being employed at some point in the future. We're going to look at maybe downsizing, blah, 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 but we don't want them to not want to work. And then somebody breaks a, a rumor and they're like, oh, fuck, I better go look for another job. And they don't show up for work or whatever. You, you, you can impact businesses that way. I just wish EA would have just been open so that there wasn't news to report. I mean, this report been. has to be true because they were already saying how, um, how the, a lot of the Andromeda teams moved on to different projects. 95%. <laughs> it's got to be true then because I don't think 5% of that staff is enough to, <laughs> to work yeah, on DLC. Unless they do, like, procedural generation quests. There's, like, oh. one guy who just stands there. And, There's yeah, a settlement that needs your help. They use, like, Watson there to do go. the voice from Microsoft. Literally, there you He's go. Like, no, no, there is a way you need to go and get 10 raspberries. <laughs> like, okay, 10 raspberries, copy that. <laughs> 10 out of 10 IGN. Or, like, yeah. when you're playing Witcher 3, and they're like, you need to kill, t- you need to kill and get... 10 livers from elks and you kill elks and some of the elk don't drop livers and you're like how is this elk living does it just not have this happens in every mmo too they'll be all you need 10 dragon hearts and you'll be like okay you kill 200 you're like what the fuck were these other dragons did they just how the fuck were they they working (laughs) everyone's on acid that's it they're all hallucinations So, onto the other side of the DLC spectrum, <clears throat> Zelda's new DLC. Luke, you've had some time to play around with that. What are yes. your impressions? It unlocked at, I think, 10 p.m. my time. I'm in Colorado, so it unlocked at like 10 last night. I've put in probably two or three hours um, in the master mode. And uh, what this DLC does is it tries to add, it adds like a couple new outfits, Korok masks and stuff that rattle when you're near Korok seeds as if they weren't easy enough to find already. Um, it adds uh, like one item in the game that you can plop down and it creates an instant fast travel spawn point, but you can only use it once. Um, and then, of course, for me, the most interesting thing is the master mode. And I said interesting on purpose instead of the best because, as I said, I've only put in like two or three hours. But as of right now, I'm wildly unimpressed. And as I'm sure many of you guys are aware, like implementing a hard mode or a hardcore mode or a master mode or a survival mode in a game is not as simple as just increasing the health of certain of all enemies and making uh, ammo scarcity uh, way worse and then making it so you have to sleep and do all this. There's a lot more that goes into it. And you have to have very strong systems that when that pressure is applied to them, they can stand up to it. Zelda has, or Breath of the Wild since launch has had terrible combat it's 
it's just terrible. Um, the flurry system or, or whatever it's called, um, where if you jump out of the way just in time, then you can flurry attack them. The timings are all so unpredictable that it's, it's not consistent at all. You can be standing 10 feet away from, from a sword that gets jabbed at you and it still implements it. So it's not even consistent within the game itself and within enemies. So that combat system is the weakest part of the game probably for me, next to the shrines being so hit or miss. But the master mode makes that the defining feature. It upscales every enemy by one class. So the red uh, goblins or however it's pronounced, become blue, and the blue become white, and the white become black, and all this. So in the starting plateau, there's a, a black Lionel walking in the field. Oh, and you God. still have all the same uh, weapons. The difference is that they increase your initial carrying capacity for all the items. But you're still on the Great Plateau only finding sticks that put out two damage, a sword that does five, a club that does four Not that breaks enough. after ten hits. So to fight one encampment of just at that point in the game, the basic, most basic bare bones of all enemies... It took me about half an hour of dancing around, trying to hit them, take their stuff, and bashing them. I went through probably 15 weapons, and all of them broke by the end of it, and I still had one guy left that I couldn't have killed because the weapons degraded so fast that you couldn't put out enough damage. It, maybe I'm missing something, um, but what it's doing right now is it's just forcing me to run away from every character or from every um, enemy and encampment, which to me I don't think is the point of Breath of the Wild. I think you're supposed to be able to feel like you can go in there and fight, but instead it just makes you feel like you should avoid enemies at all costs. That's what I, I feel when I play Dark Souls, where I'm like, there's no way I can take that guy down. I'll run around him this time and I'll come back. I don't think Zelda is supposed to feel that way. So right now I'm I'm wildly not impressed. Probably once you get 20 hours in and you have a ton of armor that's upgraded and weapons that are all upgraded, it will be really interesting. You know, now enemies sit on little planes that have whatever those uh, balloon things are and they float through the sky, which is cool because um, you have to start looking up basically like helicopters. That's kind of cool, I guess. But as of right now, I I I don't get it. I think they miss the mark or maybe they think too highly of their own combat system. But to me, it's, it, it was borderline broken. It seems I like, like that the world has, Oh, go ahead. Oh no, I was going to say, it, it just sounds like a, another example of a game that tries to add like a survival mode or something along those lines. And they clearly need more mechanics to, to balance out the entire <clears throat> player side of things where like the enemies sure, if you want to upscale their health, then give me more tools, more ways to take them down or do double damage, something along those lines. Or yeah, it's just uh, it, it's almost um, frustrating upon arrival when you run out the door and there's something that takes, like you said, 15 weapons to take down. Um, mm-hmm. That's just really annoying. It's not like a uh, Souls or a Bloodborne where you can, you know, you can take that person on. Like in the beginning of Dark Souls 3, you can take on that, that crystallized lizard off to the path to the right. Mm-hmm. It'll be hard, but you'll do enough damage to, to gradually whittle him down. But it's not like that tedious, fuck another weapon broke, gotta go get another one. Okay, I took out like an eighth of his health right. bar. And, so, and that, that's the thing. Yeah. Oh, I, I'm sorry to interrupt. No, but you're that, not. That, I was just going to say, that's the difference to me personally. And that made me think of something that I think is a, a really good point. The fundamental, like, important element of difficulty in a video game is that it has to feel at some point 
fair. It has to feel like it's, you know, that's the whole basic idea behind um, whether you're talking about Bloodborne, like use that as an example. When you take damage, it's because you screwed up. Now, sometimes there's instances where that's not true with frame stutters or a frame drop that made you miss something. But on the whole, the goal is to have it. So every time you take damage, it's because you didn't time your roll right. It's because you didn't hit him here and stun him. It's because you did something wrong. But what it feels like in Zelda right now is that whenever you take damage or not even taking damage, but you are not capable of outputting enough damage because all of the weapons break and there's only so many weapons with such a a level of uh, damage output that you cannot physically take that any of these characters down especially like a black lionel walking around in a field there's no way at the beginning of the game you can take that down with sticks and basic clubs you you just can't so it's like they're trying to get you to run away maybe they're trying to tell you to go and get the master sword do the new trial of swords that they have in the dlc that makes it so i think at this point after you get that it doesn't have to recharge i think it's just 30 output without breaking um, I might be mistaken about that, about that, but that's what I think it is. And if that's true, then I guess that's when the DLC would actually start. That's when the master mode would actually begin because you have a weapon that's capable of working. But as of right now, this is to get to in the first place because getting the, the exactly. master sword isn't. You have to have say, 13 hearts. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, you need to get a good chunk of the game done before you can. Because you get a you heart to, after every uh, after every divine four beast. shrines. So I just oh, like four that divine all the weapons are made out of graham crackers, but nothing else is. <laughs> like that yeah. that game's that game's durability. Uh, the entire system is just so weird. It's mm-hmm. so it's I bounce off the fiction in that game all the time because it looks so stupid for me to run around with a sword that just falls apart after hitting people six times. I could fucking buy a wooden boken, which is a samurai <laughs> training sword, and hit you thousands of times because I have. And the fucker doesn't break. It just, mm-hmm. none of it makes sense. And then when you add in this uh, uh, mode, which is DLC, mind you, mm-hmm. difficulty mode being DLC is already fucking weird. And you get it. Aren't and they it, adding and hard it, mode later? Yeah. And it doesn't, all, it doesn't, it doesn't jive with their, int- it doesn't actually jive with the basic system they tried to sell you on originally, which was graham cracker weapons. Mm-hmm. So you're, if, if they can't, if they can't match the two up originally, they're going to have a hard time. And, I mean, even people who loved it and called it a classic, if most of the time that was the one complaint about the game overall, mm-hmm. you know, usually that was pretty much at some point somebody said, yeah, I lived with the durability of the weapon. Like, you know, they're all, yeah, mm-hmm. it didn't bother yeah, there's me. No, which there's in, no defending it. I mean, for me, yeah. my, my comparison was like, it reminded me of an overdone version of like the beginning of Fallout 3 where... You'd uh, right. <laughs> you'd constantly repair the uh, the hunting rifle or some shit like yeah, that. Yeah, so, uh, the twenty two rifle. You were yeah, just constantly exactly. putting you know, screws in. Those types of games were in the beginning. <laughs> you're you're, you're yeah. recycling that same weapon over and over and over. Uh, you know, plenty of games do that, like uh, a Diablo style game. You know, you're you're cycling out that like weapon, that small incremental upgrade. Uh, those little things where, like, for me, Breath of the Wild in the beginning, at least I wasn't I wasn't too pissed about the constantly breaking weapons. But there gets to that middle part of the game in Breath of the Wild where you're like, holy fuck, give me a break. And then mm-hmm. you get to the late game and you got, like, 50 of each arrow. You got the Master Sword. You got everything you could ever ask for. So it's like that give and take kind of. But, like, it's, mm-hmm. yeah, it's absolutely frustrating. I, I don't see how, no matter what kind it of fan you are of Zelda, a little bit of... Uh, it reminds me of Gears of War when you would turn it on the hardest difficulty. Sometimes 
because I actually didn't mind the AI in Gears of War. I talked to some of the AI developers, Halo. Uh, what I'm sorry, what are we talking about? Gears of War four or just uh, any of the Gears of War? But okay. I'm actually discussing one right now of all things because okay. um, uh, I was actually at that time was uh, sort of enjoyed the. Uh, and it's funny he mentioned chess because there were times where, <laughs> especially when I was talking to the developers, where they had sort of a chess idea, which is where you go from strength to strength to strength. So you can enter a battle in Gears of War heading north, and suddenly you're heading south because the guy flanked you and you're like oh shit but mm. on the harder difficulties you would just die sometimes and be all really like what yeah. because shit was off like the collision wasn't perfect but on normal it was okay those things are okay and on and th and that's the thing about difficulty if you can sell yourself on it it's fine if you can if you can say okay it's not perfect but then you're fine but at some point in games like zelda especially with this kind of mode it's hard to go okay i you know, I died, but instead you're just like, mm -hmm. I died. Like, what the fuck? Like, I died. I mean, mm -hmm. I, I just got killed from 10 feet away. How did this happen? See, that's why I love, uh, I love Nier Automata. Because, like, like, the hardest oh, difficulty yeah. in that game, the enemy it's can one-hit you. But yeah. the you can add so many different chips to buff your character yeah. up to be even more powerful than that. Like, yeah, they can one-hit me, but I can make my character so strong I can three-hit a boss. So it's yeah, like... exactly. And it's not grindy. You know, so it's like... That's a game that I think does difficulty exponentially well, especially when right. it comes to modern games. Um, but yeah, you know, there's there's a lot of games, and we see it all the time. Like well, Luke remember, said in the beginning, oh, just tons of fucking health for the enemy, and you get the same game. <laughs> well, remember I told you, it, you know, well, I don't want to say too much, but I mean, when I talked about Forza, and on easy, the enemies purposely ditching in so you could mm -hmm. win, and Microsoft, I mean, somebody contacted me. <laughs> they were like yeah that does happen but this is why blah 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 and i was like I, i'm sorry that doesn't doesn't sell it Slide yeah that was pretty much what it was it was like um and and they fixed it uh, legitimately they were like okay we we see what you mean because it was weird because i was telling people i'm like well wait why would you have them lose because if a seven-year-old or a young person is trying to play this game and learn it do you just throw the race it doesn't make any sense. You need to accurately have an easy and a medium and a hard difficulty. Difficulty in games is hard, though. You talk to anybody who handles AI, especially like racing, and they'll tell you, they'll be like, dude, it's not fun. I mean, it's insanely difficult to make sure the AI is not too hard because the AI knows the game state at all times, so they could fucking kill you instantly if they wanted. It's making them dumb. Mm -hmm. I mean, you uh, talk to any AI person, and they will most likely tell you. We were talking to the guy who created the AI for Halo. He was like, it wasn't about fucking making them smarter than the player. It was about making them dumb enough so that they appeared slightly smarter than the player. Yeah. And and I think that's the difficulty Zelda doesn't seem to have hit, right? At mm -hmm. least here. Yeah. No, and uh, as I said, whenever you try to do something like this, the systems themselves have to be strong enough that yeah. when you put that force down, they don't crumble. But the combat, as Carrick said and as Maddie said, it, it was already the weakest element of the game. Absolutely. And it sort of it, falls it, apart. Yeah, no, it highlights an already terrible system, and I don't understand why. Again, I don't understand. I don't get it. I don't get most of this stuff that's going on. It's just, I don't know. But I'll I'll probably give it a couple more hours and see if there's some big thing that I, I realize makes it make sense or I'm missing some new parry system. But as of right now, it's just making me want to run away from every encounter, which I don't think is... That's good the, yeah. for that game. Reminds me of Neo, that fucking chick, that boss <laughs> who could fly. And I remember getting to her. Uh, she's, I think, second boss. And I was like, what is happening? Yeah. 
And then later, yeah. I realized. And, I, she, that and when a, you run too far, she like shoots those darts dude, out of her wings. And you're like, Fuck. I was so confused. And only later, at, at, at actually here in town, we, we talked to some people who actually worked on. It, and they were like, No, that's that's a that's a plateau AI. They're supposed to when you defeat that character, your skill is higher. But it was so hard. That even I was like, what the fuck is going, you know, that where it game, almost did what Luke said, where it almost made yeah, me walk away. That game go, did wrong. so well of making you realize, like, you're better. Because, like, yeah, exactly. what oh, they dude, do is they give you, sure. like, a side quest and it would have that boss repeat, which is, like, I'm not going to, you know, give them a free pass for constantly repeating some bosses for those side quests. But you go right. in, you'd, you'd be like, oh, God, this boss. I remember last time I took him on. But, you, they used, you know, you recall all those patterns and stuff. It's the same yep. thing. And you just destroy it. And you're like... Wow, okay, I, I am much better at this game now. I remember Yeah, when... your skill level is just tremendously yep. better. It's insane and, and very cool and yeah. very hard to do, obviously, because a lot oh. of games get it horribly wrong. Yeah, absolutely. The last bit on our list, Dragon Age. The team is hiring lots of new people. We, we know a new Dragon Age game is coming at some point in time. Um, are we excited about this? You know, this probably should have tied into our Bioware discussion a little bit, but it's a good way to wrap up the show. Um, Dragon Age Andromeda. I can't wait. <laughs> please no. Please no. So now here's oh. the thing: is that people have been the, the most common defense to my skepticism, not hate, skepticism of Anthem, and I think my skepticism is justified of Bioware after my skepticism of Andromeda was proven correctly. Um, is that people will defend Anthem, saying, "Well, this is Bioware's A team working on Anthem now, Maddie." So who's the team working on Dragon Age is my question. <laughs> That's what I want to know because, you know, what's the defense then? Like, is this still a, a game we should trust? Uh, I, I thought... Who's saying... Who, that makes no sense. Uh, I mean, somebody who's an A team for a FPS isn't an A team on a third-person shooter, isn't an A team on a fantasy game. Because people are saying the, uh, the Bioware studio who worked on Andromeda, that was the... What did they call it? I think they called it a C team. Something along those lines. And people were like, well, that's why it was bad. And I'm like, no, it just went through development hell pretty badly. Um, you know, so people have been defending Anthem with constantly saying, this is the, the Bioware team. This is like the ones who worked on Mass Effect 1 and 2 and 3. You know, this is the best version of Bioware. And they're working on this game. And I'm like, I get that. That definitely increases the chances. But... You know, I'm not trying to detract the conversation to Anthem. I'm just saying, what defense does Dragon Age have for us to believe in it? When Bioware hasn't, in my opinion, put a good product out in None. Years. None, but they don't have any... I don't think they have... A, a, I don't think we. there's a reason to attack them either. It's 50-50. It's the same fucking chance mm -hmm. of failure and success any game has. Just because somebody's good on one team doesn't mean they'll be great on another. Rare isn't the same rare that they were when they were making great games. They're making different games, and they might make a great game tomorrow. Uh, it, it's, See if these it, looks great. <laughs> yeah, and I think Anthem is really fucking early to attack and super early to defend. Like, what the what would you attack or defend about Anthem? It that makes no sense. Mm -hmm. They they had to script in fake people. Like the game isn't even ready to attack or defend yet. And Dragon Age, we know nothing about. <clears> so my, my, my counter to that is don't show it <laughs> if you're not ready for criticism. But they have to. That makes. I mean. Well, well, no, I'm not saying you can't out. do criticism, but it's just us talking. It means no, absolutely. nothing. No, I agree. I mean, I'm just saying, when it's coming you know. out fall 2018, apparently, I, I'll believe that when I see it. Yeah, that, but, yeah uh, that's a yeah, You that's know, that's what I'm saying. If, if they're not ready for criticism, 
uh, or just I'm not saying they're not. Perception. I'm talking about us. Oh, yeah. I, yeah, I, I, I mean, obviously they are because they did release it. I'm just mm-hmm. saying if people are getting that fucking overt that they're making up those kind of weird defenses, that's odd because there's just not enough there. And Dragon Age, I think we have a name, right? Have we seen even a single bit of like concept art? No, just, just yeah, so. new Dragon Age. I mean, development. I don't, I, I, I don't think there's any um, positives or negatives until we even know who's working on it. What it's going to be well, about? I mean, there's any no positive, positives and negatives. Rather, is what I was going for is from the previous Dragon Age experiences you've had for both of you. I don't know if Luke, if you played any of the Dragon Age games. I I've tried them. I'm a I'm a Witcher guy, mm-hmm. so that's like my choice of fantasy, like ultimate fantasy game. That's the the series I go with. My girlfriend is obsessed with Dragon Age, okay. like. I think she has a problem. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I think she has a problem with it. Um, But, like, they've never really been my thing. But with the teams specifically, the reason why Andromeda imploded wasn't necessarily because they put a C team and those developers sucked or just weren't as good as the developers individually that they had working on Anthem or whatever. But the reason it's a C team is because that reflects the priority in terms of the management, in terms of like that's how they viewed it. It was C compared to the A that was Anthem. No, that's not even really a pun. It's just the same letter. Um, but like with this, I'd like to to think that with the next Dragon Age, they're going to come out. They're going to give it the star treatment. They're going to give it enough time that they can polish it, and they don't have an Andromeda. It's a big enough franchise now that Andromeda or now that uh, 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 Mass Effect is on ice. I'd like to think that they're going to promote that and try to make it an incredible game. And I, of course, I love that. Um, I, I don't want more bad games. I want more great games. But it comes down to the management and, and what they're going to um, devote to it, if they're going to be patient enough to give it time to, to uh, turn into what it could. We'll just have to wait and see. Like Eric said, it's, it's really, really, really early to cast judgment I mean- either which way. Right now, when you guys are saying Dragon Age 2, it's so early, I'm just seeing the font in my brain. <laughs> I'm like, Dragon Age 2, okay. Like, there's, I don't know anything to even say about it, because I don't even know a single person working on it yet. Or, like, it, it, I don't it's even... It's definitely in I early mean, stages. It's like, yeah, it's... it's I mean, it's, how early? How Did they say when it's they, coming out? I mean, that's the thing. It's like EA and, and Bioware and oh, a lot of these big companies, oh, like Ubisoft, they, even... they, they, they usually rely on that... Uh, We'll talk first, you know, we'll say, yeah, it's yeah, coming, right. and then you will you don't know when you're getting the reveal at that point. So um, if we're going off of Inquisition, what was that, 2014, it could be ready for a reveal soon, probably next You know year. what's funny, too, is that us, right, we may not, I, I liked parts of, um, the fuck was the other Dragon Age called? Inquisition? Yeah, Inquisition. Inquisition. So I, I liked uh, parts of Inquisition. Um, but <clears throat> it won a tremendous number of Game of the Year awards. So, like, we're sort of started. talking... We're sort of talking in a in a little confined group where the maj- like a large majority of people would be would celebrate hinterlands again number two and I would kill myself if there was a hinterlands. <laughs> I was like, say, I've, I've made jokes in Andromeda review about hinterland finally leaving the hinterlands on your spaceship because goddamn that was an MMO. So uh, some people would celebrate it too. Like I mean, it's going to be really weird to see if Witcher three makes an impact. Or if it doesn't, because they don't feel it needs to. See, a lot of game fans will see a Witcher 3, 
or see a game that does really well, and they'll be like, every game should be Witcher 3. Well, guess what? No, because if you're done with Witcher 3, you need another game, and it's not Witcher 3. You can't, you know, I've heard people say, I'm not going to buy another game. I've got Witcher 3. I think Maddie yeah. and I talked about this. And you're like, that makes, what the fuck? Stop mm-hmm. playing games then. Makes no yeah. sense. Yeah. But um, it'll be really weird to see what they choose, like what their avenue is. Do they aim for a Witcher 3 because it is so popular and did so well? Or or do they aim for Inquisition 2, which was really popular and did really well, well but isn't is, necessarily what I want? Yeah, mm-hmm. we were talking about taking inspiration from The Witcher, and I, I remember making a video on it. The Andromeda was like, we want side quests just like The Witcher 3. That was their oh, exact quote. You. And I'm like, they were definitely an improvement from, uh, from Inquisition, but they were not anywhere close to the witcher 3 uh so you know that that just brings up the point of it's a, it's a lot of talk it's a lot of talk yeah. that's talk why, is cheap yeah and that's why i'm saying like okay you know we're, we're hearing about the hirings we're hearing like yeah it's coming all right like you know you know what could their vision be i know it's a lot of guessing games and speculation i don't know if that's up your guys alley um I, i'd imagine they just go for the next best thing which is you had inquisition which is a lot of big hub areas, I'd imagine they go for an open-world approach with the next Dragon Age game? I don't think they do. You don't think so? I, no, I think, I, I honestly, I would, I personally feel that it'll be a hub again. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't, yeah. I wouldn't disagree. I, wouldn't. I mean, I, I think they like, like the idea of the castle being the hub and you, like, going out and doing things. Like, I don't, because an open world, or do you just mean, well, okay, actually, what do you mean? Like an open world where there's just no loading? Is that what you mean by open world? Or do you mean... Like a, like like a what, witch, what's we'll your... just keep the, the Witcher going here. But like a Witcher, Witcher has loading. World. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> like Fallout 4 open world, uh, Skyrim open world, those have loading so, too. So but... you're, 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 you're thinking they might go towards just that seamless, I guess we'll call it seamless. Okay. Yeah, seamless. something along those okay. lines. I mean, yeah, it'll be... that, that's just that my means... guess. Um, yeah. I, I'll say for a lot of the faults I found with Inquisition, I did like how they uh, approached the combat where they tried to mix the best of both worlds between yeah. the Dragon Age 2 and Origins. Um, I stand in the bunch, you, and uh, is anyone surprised? I stand in the bunch that thinks Origins is the, the fucking best <laughs> Dragon Age game. Old school Bioware. Not really Dude, the starting of here. Origins. Oh, my so God. Good. I love it. So, no game's done anything like that, have they? No, origin stories. I mean, Mass Effect one and two, kind of when you when you create your character and like, well, actually more like Mass Effect one, where you, you create your character, you give them that like brief backstory and like when they first approach you, they bring it up and acknowledge it, and it, it plays a part mm-hmm. in the story as time goes on. Um, kind of like I think there's a, a much bigger ripple effect across the entire game in Origin. So when like yeah, you're an elf, for, sure. for example, but uh, I mean. I'm excited, you know, I'll say that much. It's just I, I wanted to get your thoughts on a, a new Dragon Age game in general. I think the time is right for a new Dragon Age game. You know, it's been long enough to miss Dragon Age. What was, when was that released? When was Inquisition? Fall 2014. And then, Jesus. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't, I want to, I want a Mass Effect. I want him to fix Mass I want him to do Mass Effect. I want him to just do Mass Effect 4. Yeah. I, I'll never forget. I'll never forgive. I'll never forgive him, dude. I'm just like, <laughs> it, it's so funny because I just, it, it hurts my soul. It's like every time we talk about Mass Effect being put on ice and people moving to Inquisition 2 or whatever you're going to call it, I just get sad. Mm. So I, or Jade Empire would be a nice one. But I, I, we yeah. talked about this a couple podcasts ago. I, I don't even know if I'd trust him to do. Like now, if you were in, to announce it, I'm a little bit more tentative. I think that's why I don't have much to say because I'm a little bit more tentative now towards them as a whole because of. Andromeda. 
Yeah. You know, it's just like, mm, okay. You know, I mean, the pe- excitement. People always mistake that I just fucking hate Bioware. I'm like, dude, no. They've made my favorite games ever. Yeah. Easily. Mine too. And like, it's tough games, love. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. It's literally... I like them so but much. Like, I hate to see how much, in my opinion, they've fallen for grace, from grace. So it's like, that shit bothers me. If your girlfriend was awesome and then starts beating on you, what the fuck? <laughs> like, that makes... I mean, come on. Sorry, that's an abusive relationship uh, to an extent, but you know what I mean. No, like, I get what you're saying. If, if shit changes, then you have to reevaluate. Absolutely. And that's, what, that's all you're doing. And your hatred for Activision notwithstanding, which is hilarious to me. <laughs> it, it, not in a bad way. It's a hilarious. I, I, I like watching on it. It's complete bias. <laughs> um, this, I don't feel you have any hatred. It's, it's where we watched the best games that, uh, that we grew up with. I mean, that's how you and I even started talking. Yeah. No, we started talking about Fallout 4, but then we started talking yeah. about games we liked, and it was like each game we were all, holy shit, that's the game I like too. <laughs> I mean, how many of us are out there? It must be oh, a yeah. ton. Oh, man. It's that uh, wraps up all the news we have. Are there any additional thoughts on uh, Dragon Age hirings? We'll give it a shot when it comes out. All right. But don't have much to say about it. All right. Cool beans. Well, I'm trying Luke... to think if there's any. Oh, yeah. Sorry. No. Same, no, same no, thing. It. Like trying to think of it. All right. Cool. Well, Luke, thank you for joining us. This is an excellent time. Yeah, definitely. Man. Well, thank you so much for having me. I, By the I way, remember... he's got the same chair I've got. Really? I believe we all have yeah. DX racers, I think. Yeah, we oh, all no, I don't have a DX racer. Okay. Oh, Similar form factor. <laughs> yeah. Nice enough. Um, no, thank you, honestly, for having me. I've, I remember watching the first episode of the Ham Radio podcast wow. way wow. back wow. when. Like, way back when. Um, oh, and so to, to be on it is kind of surreal. Uh, so, I, I, you know, thank you. Thank you. That's, wow. that's all I can say. I'm looking forward to joining your show or. I'm I'm speaking in the past technically now. I am I had yeah. a great time on your show. <laughs> <Dang>. <laughs> Hopefully, <Sold. laughs> yeah, yeah we better have a good time. <laughs> no, it, I'm sure it'll be I'm sure it'll be uh, good. Again, YouTube.com/slash LukeyPoo to see Maddie. Um, uh, we're gonna be doing that live. So uh, some of my viewers, I'm sure, are gonna have some fun questions oh, yes. that uh, <laughs> to answer. But it's gonna be a good time. Thank you, Karek, as well. Yeah, and for sure. If you would ever like to be on Top Gaming, we would love to have you as well. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, all the all the links to Luke's stuff, Carrick's stuff as well, in the description, as always. Be sure to please check both of them out. They're awesome. And thank you guys for those who stayed this long into the episode. We didn't pick a hashtag. hashtag. Uh, My dog is throwing up. Hashtag Carrick's dog is dying. <laughs> hashtag dog vomit. Yeah. yeah we're we're, we're going to go with dog puke. <laughs> no, 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 no. We no? should do a, Andromeda. It's trending. <laughs> it's got to be Andromeda. <laughs> it's got to be Andromeda stuff. It's got to be something for it's. Wait, what was it? You did you did Dragon Age Andromeda? Dragon yeah. Age. Dragon Age. Oh yeah, I did. <laughs> Dragon Age Andromeda. That would be awesome. Yeah. Okay, that works for me, man. All right, cool. so okay. yeah, if you listen this far, man, uh, Dragon Age Andromeda is the hashtag. Send it to all the handles you see on screen at Jeremy Penser, Luke Stevens TV, and yeah. G27 Status. We're looking forward to seeing just how many of you guys listen this long, and we will catch you in next week's episode. Peace out. Peace out. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers hands off 
my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durban Marshall credit card bill. 